HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Restaurants across the country are in need of support as a result of the devastating effects COVID-19 is having on this industry. If we don't help now, some of our favorite community gathering spaces may not be there when this crisis is over. Restaurant Opportunities Center United has compiled a list of local resources supporting the restaurant industry from cities and states across the country. From North Carolina's Triangle Area Restaurant Workers Resources to Nebraska's COVID-19 Response Fund, Minnesota's Immigrant Family Fund, Georgia's Giving Kitchen, and many, many more, we can all find a cause to support. Visit rockunited.org relief. That's rocunited.org relief to find a list of national, state, and local resources. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world. It used to be about a million listens a month. Maybe now it's more, considering that for about five weeks we have been inside, quarantined for the coronavirus pandemic. It really is a new world out there in terms of how we communicate, how we keep in touch, and how we share information. I'm happy to say that Heritage Radio Network has been on the air the entire time producing our usual lineup of shows and podcasts during the week, and many of them, like this one, have pivoted their content to talk about stories and things that are happening during this really unusual time. One of the traditions on Tech Bytes has been every spring, we like to do a little bit of a spring, a digital spring cleaning or a digital disconnect. This show has always been about being on our technology 24-7 and how much an integrated part of our lives it has become. And I think that's never been more true than now. Um, Our engineer, Matt Patterson, and I were talking just before we started the show about how the age-old debate of are screens good for you, bad for you, should we be on them, has completely gone out the window, and screens are here, and they're 24-7. But even though we're inside and we're using our screens to stay connected to the world, interestingly, being inside and physically being separated from people has not created a more quiet environment. And in putting together the lineup, the spring lineup for the show, it seemed more important than ever to do a show about disconnecting from your technology, even momentarily, to kind of look for some quiet moments to maybe regenerate and rest over the course of the day. 
So we have invited back on um, longtime guest and longtime friend of mine, um, Paul K. Alexander, who is an acupuncturist and uh, martial artist, uh, spiritual healer, shaman based in New York City, although now based outside the city. Um, he has been our go-to guest every spring to talk about disconnecting from your tech, and I'm happy to have him on the phone today. Paul, how are you? I'm good. Hello, Jennifer and all the listeners. It's really great to be back. And uh, despite the circumstances, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, prior to this, I've, I've mentioned it on shows before, my hard, fast rule about doing the podcast was to have guests in the studio, in the Heritage Radio Network studio, which was inside Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And now from episode 200 onward, those are the episodes that we've been doing um, remotely via Zencaster. Now everyone is on the phone, which has been a really different experience, but I've never been so happy to have people on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's how we connect now, right? It really is. Um, yes. Paul, so tell us a little bit, you know, you've always come on, you know, to uh, talk to us about sort of disconnecting from our digital world and, and connecting with our physical, you know, side and, you know, a little bit quieter and our spiritual self. Um, but your practice as an acupuncturist, I mean, obviously, your work is about, you know, having uh, physical contact with people in a very, very close proximity. So yes, just from your intimate. point of view, like how, how has that transition been for you? And then how have you sort of been able to navigate the way you sort of like practice, you know, in your practice and practice healing? Thank you. Um, I'd like to share with the listeners a little bit about my process during the uh, the shutdown, and hopefully it will create an invitation uh, for the listeners to do something different. And you started off the um, introduction with, this is our new world. But um, I find it so fascinating, and cosmic, and I won't use the word coincidental because there's no such thing, maybe synchronistically, that this all happened during the um, beginning of spring. In Chinese, spring is called hui jia, which means to return, right? And you talked about how when you introduced this show, we're in a new world. Um, my thought process is that we're actually returning to where we come from, you know, and although we're um, in sitting here in front of computers, um, you know, where we come from is a more still quiet place and we've been saturated in a, uh, with a lifetime of, of um, information and other people's ideas and um, just a lot of things that are not natural to us. It's more nurtured into us. And I, I'm not judging this as good or bad, but this time period, and back to your question about how is this uh, situation kind of uh, influenced my practice, it's offered me this opportunity to go back um, first and foremost, you're right. What I do is very intimate. There's a lot of hands-on healing. There's a lot of physical proximity, which I thought was necessary for healing or connection to take place. Um, and as you know, Jennifer, I tend to go tangential. So if I start to do that, <laughs> just bear with me. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I can, I can, I can <laughs> yes, guide I know you back around. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, so I... In the beginning, of course, like all of us, was uh, 
concerned. What's this going to mean for my practice? And um, I took this opportunity to go inward. And what I mean by that is we were literally ordered stay at home, uh, stay inside. And I took that as a philosophical invitation to go inside my consciousness, asking that question, you know, what is it I do? What am I offering people? Uh, who am I? All these questions, which the listener, I would really invite you to reflect upon them. They're, they're philosophical questions which have no answer. But the inquiry is so powerful that it should hopefully provoke some kind of illumination or, or reckoning, maybe. Um, the manual of acupuncture is called the Ling Shu, which means the spiritual pivot which means that every time a patient or a client gets acupunctured, it's a great opportunity to return back to the soul. And not being able to do that with the needles has kind of provoked in me the question, how do I do that? So I contemplated that, um, that notion of soul and I asked myself, I asked my soul, I asked my spirit, what does that mean? What is the soul? And I looked to the ancient guidance um, teachings based from the Ling Shu. Uh, according to the Chinese Taoist tradition, the soul is the merge of what we call the Jing, the material form. This includes your physical structure and deeper than that, your genetic makeup, right? Your mom and dad, your ancestries, everything physical. That material form merges with the immaterial this spirit, the all that is, that divine God force that we all have. And what you have then is the product, which is soul. So soul is this combination of the physical, which we would call the material, and the spiritual, the immaterial. And it's the soul that has this beautiful journey that we take um, as instructed by the spirit, because we come and we are incarnate as a human in this realm um, to evolve and to become more complete. And we keep traveling like that. Again, this is a, a Taoist and, and probably Buddhist, uh, maybe even Hindu um, thought process that we continue to do that, not necessarily in human form, but in forms, in physical form that has soul until we reach a wholeness that we don't have to do that anymore. So getting back to your question, what has this done? You know, because I, I'm not able to have that physical proximity, um, I've been concluding in that what I want to do is help people connect to their souls as I have done it to mine. And that to me means physical movement and really getting tuned in to the feeling aspect as well as spiritual practices. And that's very personal to the individual. It can be in the form of prayer or just quiet time or meditation. Um, but those two aspects, I think, are essential, uh, critical to connect to soul. And the language of the soul is feeling. It's not thought. And this is differentiated by intuition. Intuition is still a form of a thought process. And just to kind of clarify what intuition is, um, we live, especially in the Western world here, in such a intellectual left-brained um, 
criteria of thinking, which creates a very strong logical and intellectual, intellectual capacity. Everything has a saturation point. And when you begin to really utilize just the left brain, that begs something else to awaken. That thing that awakens, that's intuition. It's irrational, right? It doesn't make sense, but you just know. It's an inner knowing, but it's still a knowing, okay? That's different from feeling. The language of the soul, like I said, is feeling. Feeling is usually, it's visceral, um, and it's also a combination of the thought process. But it, it is not just the knowing. You feel it in your bones is the language I'll use. Um, so, again, yeah, please. So to go back to, to circle back through what you've just said, which sounds like brings us to the point of sort of right brain, left brain, knowledge, intuition kind of coming together at the end of this. You go back to, we go back to the beginning and we talk about our spring, you know, sort of like the spring episode and that spring meaning to sort of return to the beginning, which we always think about spring as being like new life and the trees come back to life and small animals and those types of things. And I think that there's a nice parallel in terms of springtime, even though we are inside, we are watching um, nature come to life in the springtime. But I think also the return to the beginning, um, something that you said uh, makes me think also that this is also a moment where people are really uh, returning to or maybe evaluating the things that are most valuable to them. There are so many articles that we're reading now about people um, looking at, you know, their life today, which is maybe, you know, within a 400 square foot, you know, New York City apartment <laughs> versus their life uh, six weeks ago, which involved yes. restaurants and sports clubs and theater and movies and get togethers and crowded subways and people evaluating, I used to do these things on my day to day, I used to have these objects or experiences or services. And do I really miss them? Do I really need them? Yes, I do need them. I did like them. I can recreate them. They're superfluous. I don't need them going forward. So I do think there is um, an evaluation process that people are going through right now in terms of what things and experiences are really valuable to them and meaningful to them. And you know, sort of evaluating the things that they would do, you know, six weeks ago every day, and then maybe remembering things or discovering some new things that maybe they weren't doing that they do now that do have more meaning. So in terms of like returning to the beginning, there's almost a sense of, I think, during this period of time while people are inside of sort of reestablishing and reordering you know, the actions and activities and things that they have in their life to maybe like back to a a set point. I really hope so. And uh, we can also um, articulate it from a shamanic perspective. What I think is happening collectively is a philosophical death for us all. And this is uh, not a bad thing. This is a good thing because what's happening right now, I think we're very, we're so close to the rebirth phase. So that kind of resetting to the set point, like you called it, or the new beginning. Um, I can also, I would use the word uh, rebirth. Um, I do hope everyone has taken time to go inward. And I mean inward into their own consciousness to reevaluate what is, what's important to you. And deeper than that, who are you? You know, it's, we've got this sacred journey to take and we get one shot at it as Jennifer 
as Paul, you get one shot at it. And my hopes, my true hopes for all the listeners out there is that you take most, you take the most advantage of it by truly living. Um, I must say that, you know, what this did for all of us, myself included, it triggered fear in all of us, right? And part of that contemplation of who am I, it really it makes you understand what are you afraid of. And that's that's critical as well because when you begin to understand your fears, your, your darker aspects, your shadow as the psychologist would call it, um, you begin to transcend them through the processing work and that is when you can really live. Well, we are going to take a quick break right now and find out who is sponsoring the show. Um, when we come back, we will talk about some ways that we can have some moments of quiet and reflection with Paul. But in the meantime, we'll take a moment to find out who is underwriting this show. Do you know that Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit? And we are keeping the virtual lights on and the virtual mics hot out of the generosity of companies like this one. Stay with us. The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit with the mission to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. And right now, it's working to respond to the dire situation the food and beverage community is in due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Restaurants, bars, and other independent food and beverage operations are often on the front lines of community revival. The majority of culinary community businesses have less than 500 employees, but collectively, this industry generates $1 trillion a year, 60 of which is pumped back into their local business communities. To help bring swift economic relief to these essential businesses, the James Beard Foundation launched a fund to provide micro-grants to independent food and beverage businesses in need. You can donate today at jamesbeard.org relief. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at innovations in the food tech space. And right now we are taking a little bit of a pause from our 24-7 tech lives and looking at ways we can maybe disconnect from our tech. It's been a springtime tradition here at Tech Bytes, where we talk with Paul K. Alexander, who is an acupuncturist and overall wellness, martial artist, uh, energy shaman who has been a repeat guest on the show. If you would like to listen to more from Paul, he was on episode 39, which was Disconnect from Your Tech, as well as episode 60, Spring Cleaning and Digital Detox. If you want to find him online, his website is pkalexander.com, and you can find him on Instagram at paulkalexander. Um, Paul, to get ready for this show, I went back and I listened to some of the past episodes, and I was particularly struck by episode 60, um, which was you you proposed an idea in that episode that just sounded so extreme. It was a 24-hour fast of technology, people, and food. (laughs) (laughs) And it almost seems like kind of charming now in in some ways, (laughs) you know, when we look at what our lives are today, the idea was that you would pick a day, 
you would be at home, you would wake up, you would not use anything electronic. So you would read books or draw or write. Um, if you needed light, you would use candles. You would maybe walk around outside, but you know, by yourself, you wouldn't talk to people. The idea was to fast. So maybe you're just drinking water and tea. And you sort of just have this moment of, of real quietness to, you know, think about things or not think about things and, and uh, just do that. And it seemed like a, such a challenging idea at the time. And our conversation was one of, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Could I do it? Should I do it? I wonder if I have the wherewithal. Could I do a fast like that for 24 hours? And now our lives are almost, you know, we're, we're halfway there to that. Do you think that in, in this moment in time where we are mandated to be inside and to physically be separated from people, that something like a, a disconnection from these types of things would be helpful? Would it be positive? Would it be negative? Would it make us feel more remote? Would it give us a respite from you know, the, the constant barrage of, of information and sometimes distressing information? So, you know, as you know, in 2017, I was initiated into the world of Taoist shamanism. <clears throat> and part of the requisite uh, is that we must transcend the world of judgment. So I'm always uh, triggered and hyper aware when I hear, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this a positive <laughs> or a negative? Um, so I'm just going to share with you my humanistic as Paul perspective. Um, not as a shaman, right? Because the shamanic uh, perspective would be everything is good. You know, whether whether we die, whether we live, everything is good because the shamans know that the death is just a transition. There's no true death. So there's no, you know, hopefully you've transcended as a shaman fear and you've accepted that. So that's why the, the work of a, of a true shaman is to transcend judgment. I just wanted to put that out there. My, I'm not quite there. I do my best, but um, my perspective is I, I would encourage the listeners at this point, no, don't disconnect. Not that it's a bad thing, but I do think, you know, I think connection, it's limited right now. And I think it's very important to maintain some semblance just for our sake of comfort and humanity, just to know what's going on in the world, um, but also questioning, right? What we see on the media, what we hear going on, question everything and I would turn it back to what we kind of alluded to in the beginning, this soul work, the soul journey. How does it feel when you begin to hear these things? How does um, taking a 24-hour fast feel to you, not think to you? And the, the tenet of wisdom, which I would love to impart, is that all the answers are within. Everything you need to do and know and be and become, it's already embedded in you. It's in there. So when you take these opportunities of quiet, of stillness, of nothingness, and you silence the mind and you begin to engender feeling, all the answers will come up. And the work truly is, can you trust yourself enough to flow with it? Well, That's my answer. We, yeah. How do we find those moments of quiet if we're with people in a small space, if we're tethered to our computers and our phones and our tablets for news, for meetings, for Zooms, for workouts, for social media. How do we, how, how do we find those, those moments um, of calm to be in a place where we can actually um, find the, the mind space or the breath space to actually have a moment of calm to do these, to, to reflect on something? So my personal practice is, is 
it's physical and it's it's meditative. But what I've been finding to be incredibly helpful, especially in these last few weeks, are, are Epsom salt baths. And to me, that's when I find my peace and I get my revelations. What I'll do is I'll treat it, because I don't have access to a sauna, I'll treat it like a sauna. So I'll make the bath as hot as I can tolerate. Um, I'll set a timer for 30 minutes and I'll pour a whole four pound bag of Epsom salts in there. And, you know, water is a very unique elemental energy. It flows, it can become all things. It comes from the highest point, we can call that heaven, and it drops down to the lowest point, we can call that hell. So it, it, it has also within it information carrying capacity. So when I soak in the bath, I remember that, I acknowledge that, and I tune into the, the, the energy of water, and I let my mind go, and I just feel the heat, and then after a few minutes, the sweat comes on, and at that point, I'm reaching my quiet time, and like I said, I get beautiful thoughts or answers to things I'm kind of contemplating, and that's my personal practice. For the listeners you know, at home, um, if you have a, a bathtub, that's wonderful. Uh, hydrotherapy is a real valid method of tapping into soul, um, and you can use it in the format like I just talked about where you, you're in a hot bath. You can also do something like the Wim Hof method where you're going into an ice bath and you're making it ice cold and you begin to summon all your inner power to stay in there for that one minute. Um, if you have a shower, not a bathtub, you can actually oscillate. You can do one minute of hot and then 30 seconds of cold back and forth. Um, whichever method you choose, one thing I can guarantee, when you get out of that um, hydrotherapeutic situation, you're going to feel a shift. And that, that would be my answer to your question. How can people take moments of quiet time? Because, you know, unless you're doing this with a loved one or someone else, it's a private time in the bath, right? So you mm-hmm. get time to yourself and you come to reflect and time to be quiet and the only thing that's present is you and your own consciousness. So in, in, with regards to what's happening, I think that's a very practical way to, to kind of take time to yourself and also make it soulful. And um, Epsom salts themselves are magnesium, and that's also elementally uh, good for your body also and your muscles if you're sore or you've been trying to you've done some new workout online that you found or <laughs> absolutely started it's magnesium running sulfate. and you weren't a runner before so yeah it's magnesium sulfate so it's a great anti-inflammatory agent most of us are nutritionally uh, deficient in magnesium so it's a great way to get it absorbed topically um it's also it's, it's really great for a restful night's sleep so doing it a few hours before bedtime is ideal um, I liken it to the salt aspect where, you know, since the ancient times, salt is actually a cleansing agent. So it's a nice way to kind of purify the soul, kind of a, kind of a way to wash away whatever accumulations of energy you have on you or, or whatnot, and to also feel refreshed afterwards. That sounds like a great idea. I'm a huge fan of the Epsom salt bath myself. Um, and that reminds me that it's probably been about a week or so since I've taken one. What about the what about the pre-pandemic advice that we used to get and see, and that even you and I have talked about on this show about um, putting down your screen uh, while you're eating, or putting down your screen at certain moments in the day, or trying to avoid a screen, you know, an hour before bed or an hour immediately when you wake up. Do those things still have relevancy in this time and? Yeah. 
place? Yes, I, I think they have relevancy in, in terms of uh, its benefit, in terms of reflection, to see who were you when it was pre, right? Pre-corona and going on. What was your mindset like? What was your belief system like? I can tell you from my personal experience, I, I'm definitely, I have a different perspective now than I did pre. So while this is kind of annoying that we have to deal with this right now, I find the blessing in it. I, I see it's beautiful because it's really made me reevaluate who I was, what my belief system was, how I perceived certain things. It's challenged them. And, and I think that's great because, uh, you know, just like a muscle, the only way to grow the spirit, the soul is to break it down. And so I, I think pre Corona, I think just reflecting on, okay, what would I have done then? And then coming out of this, I think what's important now, because, you know, we're not going backwards, we're always moving forward. We, we drive fo- looking forward, right? Not in the rearview mirror, this, so the saying goes. Um, let's look to how we can be once we're, the doors are open and we kind of reestablish a new world order, so to speak. But one thing is that um, I really hope that it doesn't go back to normal because what was normal it clearly wasn't working. And, you know, this is a whole different podcast and interview, Jennifer, but, you know, I think this, it had to happen. And I think so many beautiful things are going to come out of this. But one thing I can see clearly with the earth, oh my God, I can see so much more nature, just even being at my parents' house, so many more hawks. And I saw a blue heron and deer and fox all over the place. And the 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 earth itself is, is beginning to reconstitute itself. And, and so are we, I hope. We are. It's inevitable. So I think the invitation to answer your question is, what's the, the post um, situation going to be like? Where are we going to go forwardly as we move forward and navigate and we rise and ascend? How are we going to be now? Um, yeah, of course, fasting is always great, whether it's, you know, literal with, with the foods we eat and the people we're around or, or more intangible with like take a break from tech and all that kind of stuff. Fasting is always a good thing because it promotes uh, a detoxification. It lets you tune back into what's most sacred to you. Um, but, you know, to bring it back to the soul's calling and you having the answers within um, how does it feel when we talk about these things? When I say don't eat for 24 hours or I suggest get off your phone for 24 hours, how does that make you feel? And let that be the governing uh, factor in your decisions of what to do. It's, a, it's certainly an interesting time and it is interesting to revisit things from before and things now um, and just see how they sit and what you think about them and, and what your point of view is. Um, we certainly have time now in in some respects to think about it. One of the things that um, I have read in social media, in newspapers, that I've heard from organizations, you know, like the UN to the New York Times to, um, you know, uh, social media groups and just individual people is that now's a, a, a great time and everybody should be keeping some sort of, you know, diary or journal or calendar notations just to sort of note the things that are happening, the things that you're doing, the things that you're thinking about, and maybe in some instances, the change in perspective, because it is such a a monumental thing that we're living through all together now, that so much of what we know about past life and past history is from written record, um, that documenting it from, you know, a very, very, um, you know, humble, regular person, unique point of view is is going to be beneficial to 
you, the person making the recording, looking back on it later, but then also, you know, going forward, what was it like? What did we do? And and what were the things that endured and the things that went away? Um, not just because of of tragedy or or trauma, and certainly there's you know um, you know so much pain and suffering that is really uh, you know unfortunate, and you know we 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 think about those people and and grieve for them in so many ways. But there's also a, a falling away, maybe of things that were less essential. And maybe I'm that's right. what maybe yes. that's what you yes. mean by the return to the beginning, back to the things that that are essential. At least that's kind of how I like to look at it. Sort of simplifying things. Um, totally not uh, shamanistic, but it's interesting to see the different um, pieces of literature or you know pieces of art that surface. And you know, one of the things that I've I've read about in a lot of different places is you know Walden. <laughs> on Walden Pond. And, you know, the the idea of even in modern, you know, sort of modern times, you know, someone reclusing themselves from civilization in a way to sort of be closer to nature and be quieter and to just sort of live a, a simpler life is a, is a very interesting idea. And again, you know, we look back at things and they kind of almost seem charming in a way today. <laughs> but, you know, who, who knows what the point of view will be uh, going forward. I think um, I would also like to ask you really quickly before we go, just because you are a person who has been, um, you know, uh, who's someone whose profession and job it is to, you know, help people on a variety of levels. What are the things that people are coming to you with? What are the things that people are reaching out to you about in terms of um, what are the most common sort of ailments that people are having and, and how are you helping them navigate through that? So what I'm providing is our phone sessions right now, and and what what's what I'm hearing the most it's just it's fear, right? It's it's am I going to contract this this sickness? Um, what do I do because my, my loved one has it? So it's really helping people work with that and transcending that that left brain rational mind and entering more the right brain mystery. Because Jennifer, the truth is. We don't know anything, and you know as much as the powers that be declare that they do. Their their guidelines, their uh, sincere attempt to help and, and to kind of direct humanity in, in in that kind of a manner. But if if you if we, it really boils down to, I think admitting for all of us, we don't know anything, and becoming okay with that, so that as we move forward in life, there's going to be so many things that are out of our control. Hopefully not this big, but it'll always hit us. That lack of control is is inevitable. Um, so understanding that control is the illusion and everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out exactly as it's meant to. Um, and learning to embrace the mystery, that sacred mystery of life, the not knowing. That's been really the work that I've uh, kind of embarked on in my own journey as well as the one I'm, I'm hoping to and am beginning to work with in that way with my clients. Well, it is, a, it is um, certainly a time where we are reminded that we all, on the day-to-day, -day, you know, agencies, governments, we all do our very best effort with what we have. You know, we have these resources today, we have this information, and so you go out and you make the best decision to do, you know, the best that you can with what you have. And what you have tends to change from day to day. It changes for governments, it changes for people, it changes for families. And 
sort of that reassessing of, well, here we are today. Here's the problem that we need to solve. This is the resources that we have. And you just go and you, you do your best. Um, I am happy to have had this time with you and um, that, you know, our best has been able to still come together and, and share some thoughts and ideas with people. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're going into, you know, a, a, another period of, of still continuing to be inside, but, you know, there are, you know, there are opportunities and um, there are a lot of people uh out in the world who, you know, you don't know, like many of you listeners maybe did not know Paul before this episode, but he's an entity who's there to talk to people and to, you know, provides a point of view about things. There's also the people that you do know who are maybe sitting right next to you or who are just a, a, a piece of technology call away um, to check in with. I had a phone call yesterday from um, family out in California who I hadn't talked to in so long. And I was just so happy to get the phone call and catch up with them and, and hear how they're doing. And in many ways, um, you know, the to-do lists have changed. To-do lists now are like checking in with people and having phone calls and talking to people and where they, you know, before might have been something very different. So, um, I, I, I would agree that w within all this, you know, there are some points of uh, connection and human interaction that have been very positive that might would not have happened before. And us Absolutely. being on a on a recorded phone call is certainly one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and the invitation too, as you're acknowledging all the the, the possible opportunities and benefits. Um, one that you missed, which I really want to really want to encourage everyone. Um, how about you give yourself a call, right, and, and get to know the oh, inner workings that's great. Of, yep. of of your mind, right? And you know, as we're kind of secluded into our own home and, and inside, um, start to pay attention to the way you think, your inner voice. We're always constantly dialoguing with ourselves, but we become kind of, uh, we tune it out, we become unconscious and unaware. But this opportunity really, for me, for the, the people I know, it, it's really provided a great opportunity to, to pay attention to our, our inner workings. So uh, make that call, get to know yourself a little bit better. I think that's, that's the greatest of opportunities here. I think I'm so happy that you mentioned that because in this time of, of keeping schedules and keeping busy and um, people who certainly are working or are taking care of, you know, the families around them or, you know, people in their immediate vicinity, you know, oftentimes we get so focused on doing and getting things done That's right. and being productive um, that often if we don't schedule a time for ourselves, we won't have that time to relax or pay attention to ourselves. Sometimes adding that onto the to-do list is not something that we do. And then we don't take the time because we feel like we're not being productive and we're supposed to be productive. And even in this time of, of you know, staying at home, you know, I'm bombarded you know, by social media and the media of all the things I'm supposed to be doing to be productive, in addition to, you know, managing and maintaining my life and my family's life. There's also this sort of list of like, TikTok dance challenges and learn to bake bread, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be learning another language and all that kind of stuff. And those things are wonderful. And people find entertainment and solace and productivity in them. But there's also a part of it where it's like, if I'm not doing that, is that okay? So it's I more do. than okay. It's necessary. <laughs> That's the whole point of this, uh, this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that for people who are really, um, 
you know, organized and scheduling, you know, things and time to do, um, you know, your suggestion of like scheduling time to have like a nice bath at the end of the day or scheduling time to sit down and, you know, um, you know, write in a journal or not, or have a cup of tea or stay out the window or whatever that may be. If, if you are the type A personality, and many of us are, and certainly those of us who are in and around New York City, that is who we are also. If you need to schedule it to get it done, schedule it because that's okay too. It is okay. It is okay. But as, as I'm hearing this from you, Jennifer, everything inside me is begging to share. Um, be someone different. You know, it's like um, the persona that we have, persona meaning mask in Latin, it, 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 there's a, this is the opportunity to take that mask off and become someone different, you know, and, and that's really, that, again, that's living, that, that's really experimenting with who you are, going back to that question of who am I, but, you know, scheduling something in, if it has to be done so that it gets it done, yeah, but that too, there's a, there's a semblance of control in that, right? Uh, I think the invitation is just get it done when you feel like getting it done and going back to that word, feel, Well, there's also a return to the beginning also, which is people returning um, to their to a different physical state or people coming into a different physical state. And again, we've seen, you know, the articles and the conversations about, you know, are you coloring your hair or not? Who is cutting your hair or not? You know, the clothes (laughs) that you're wearing or not, you know, makeup or not, you know, manicure or not, Um, you know, getting, you know, sweatpants or not, you know, suit or not, like all these different kinds of things. And there's also a physical change that's happening um, with people. And some are, you know, is interesting as well in terms of going back to um, what's meaningful, what's not, you know, are people going to go back to doing some of these also physical things in terms of appearance and, and things like that. It's just... I, I no, you know, nobody really knows for sure. I think what's going to happen as people, you know, become uh, more comfortable in a different life than they had a few, a few, uh, a short, a few short weeks ago. This is our fifth show. This is episode two hundred five. We're recording it on Tuesday, April twenty first, twenty twenty, and it's the fifth show that we've done on ZenCaster, um, a re- remote recording because we're in quarantine. So. Even this show, from episode 200 on, they're all produced remotely. And it's sort of, you know, even, you know, Tech Bytes, we have sort of uh, our own kind of uh, pandemic journal and log of, of what's happening based on, you know, week to week, the different shows that we're doing. So even that is something, something interesting and a little bit of a change. Oh, I um, love that. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank Paul for taking the time to talk with us today and Hopefully some bits and pieces of this were interesting and resonated with you and maybe gave you some ideas of new things to try and maybe gave you some ideas of things that you were doing that you like that you should keep doing. If you want to find him online, he is at pkalexander.com. He's on social media at Paul K. Alexander. Um, If you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, he was episode 39, Disconnect from Your Tech, and episode 60, Spring Cleaning Digital Detox. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us at TechBytes, we're very interactive. We would love to hear from you. All of our coverage now is based in the pandemic uh, tech, food tech people that are pivoting their companies in response to the pandemic. People like Paul, 
who are hopefully, you know, providing another resource to people during the pandemic, you can email us techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. You can find us on social media at techbyteshrn. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your feedback, ideas for a story, shout out for somebody. And also just to say hello, our listeners and our members and our network of show hosts and producers and engineers, the folks who are remotely working in the office, all of our sponsors. Um, It's a really important group of people. It is more important now than ever for us to keep talking about what our food community is doing in the world um, together with each other um, so we can continue to share stories now and so we can have them later. I'm Jennifer Lee and this is Tech Bites. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.